Hey, Retrospectors, for our third birthday, we've filmed an hour-long Q&A answering your questions. We discuss our favourite facts, how we make the show, and what we've learned along the way. If you're already supporting us on Patreon, thank you. You can watch it right now at patreon.com slash retrospectors. And if you're not a Patreon member, sign up. You don't have to pay a thing to become a free member and watch it now. So check it out. It's free. Patreon.com slash retrospectors. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It's September 19th, 1879. And another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. They're still called the greatest free light show on earth by whomever writes the website for Visit Blackpool. But the Blackpool Illuminations truly did dazzle the general public when they were first switched on on this day in 1879, even though then they actually only consisted of a row of eight arc lamps powered by steam engines positioned on 60-foot poles along the seafront. And each lamp was positioned 320 yards apart and between them provided illumination equal to 48,000 candles. And I thought it all sounded a bit pathetic until I did a bit of research to find out what 48,000 candles would look like. And your average 70-watt bulb is about 100 candles. So each Each of these bulbs was like 480 times as powerful as a standard light bulb. It certainly would have attracted crowds. I mean, this is the year before Thomas Edison patented the modern commercial light bulb. So these are using arc lamps. There's a reason that they were so bright. An arc lamp, if you picture it, it kind of looks like an old-fashioned gas flame. This creates this bright U-shaped light. It's really, really harsh to the eyes. Yeah. It's like when you're getting kicked out of a football stadium at the end of a gig. Yeah, it's it's super intense. It's the reason that it was difficult to introduce electric street lighting until the modern light bulb. But so at this point, there were a handful of electrified locations in the UK. And many of them were places where they needed harsh light. You know, it wasn't for people to stand around and gaze at. So it was the Taybridge Railway Yard was the first place to be electrified in the UK. West India Quay and a few entertainment venues, the Gaiety Theatre, Sheffield's Bramall Lane football ground. These all had electric lights. But as you can imagine, these were places where electric lights were necessary. Mm. This was the first time that you were invited to simply marvel at lights. I mean, to us, they would just look like really big street lights. And people began calling them artificial sunshine, I suppose, because... You know, you just really wouldn't have seen anything even half as bright, at least after the sun went down. You know, there is reason for people to have been so interested in it. And apparently 70,000 people came to see the very first illuminations. And the switching on ceremony has been a fixture since 1934, when the Earl of Derby was the guest of honour. And if you look, Wikipedia has a helpful list of all of the switcher honours over the years. It makes for interesting reading because you've got... The exact people who you would imagine would be switching on the lights at Blackpool. Yeah, people who were in Coronation Street. George Formby, (laughs) Ken Dodd, Danny LaRue. Also some weird choices. You've got Yakov Malik in 1955. He was the (laughs) Soviet ambassador. I can imagine that he did not even do it with a lot of campy charm. Jane Mansfield in 1959. The photos, she is just so glamorous. And you just wonder, what brought her here? Like, how did she end up... (laughs) 
here of all places. Uh, and also the weirdest one, definitely, 1977, the lights were switched on by Red Rum, the racehorse, who did it via a specially made pedal. <laughs> I have one to match the weirdness of that, which was in 1935. Apparently the mayor of Blackpool... Uh, Alderman George Whitaker, who was meant to perform the duty, was so impressed by railway queen Audrey Mosson, who was 15 at the time, that he asked her to take his place. And 50 years later, she did it again alongside Joanna Lumley. What did being a railway queen entail? So there were these whole, like, there were all of these beauty pageants that were called the Queens of Industry beauty pageants. And they included, (laughs) alongside the railway queen, textile queens, cotton queens, wool queens, silk queens. (laughs) And that went on until the 1980s before they stopped these queens of industry Before they closed down all of the industries that they were representing. Well, that's true, yeah. (laughs) Well, but actually that's a serious point, isn't it? Like until roughly that era, Blackpool was still like the working class holiday town in that part of England. You know, it was built on workers from the Lancashire cotton towns coming over for a seaside break. It got its reputation for kind of fun and kitsch and family entertainment by being the home of the pleasure beach, the drinking dens, the gambling, the dancing. So it had this seedy edge, but also something that felt like genuinely kind of cutting-edge technology with this lights. In fact, from 1952 to 1982, there was actually a contract with the Disney company to license their characters for the Blackpool Illuminations, and some of them were designed by Disney. So, you know, people are very snobby and sniffy about the Blackpool Illuminations if you compare them to something like Disneyland, but they were actually being designed by the same people at one point. They were cutting-edge in that field. But then what happened in around 1982 is basically that clientele start going to Benidorm on holiday, don't they? They start going to Tenerife. Mm. And then the people that are left behind going to Blackpool for the next 30 years are nostalgic for bygone Blackpool. They are literally the same people that have always been going. It's not, They're not being replenished by younger people. And so yeah. then it drifts into nostalgia and the kitsch becomes not kind of fun, but just a bit sad and mm. dated. Because visiting Blackpool had become part of this cultural institution for those Lancashire mill towns to the point where the ecosystem was almost designed around it. There was this practice of what was called Wakes Week during which mills would close for a week of maintenance and it would be staggered across the town so that each town had a different week. And during that week, everybody went to Blackpool. This had all been facilitated by the arrival of the railway in the mid-1800s. Here's an incredible fact, right? The population of Blackpool in 1801 was 473. Mm -hmm. In 1901, (laughs) it was 47,000. It's a hundredfold increase. Most of whom worked in tourism. Yes, because I guess this became so important to Blackpool, which, like so many of Britain's coastal towns, has, you know, widespread poverty and a seasonal economy and a highly transient population and all of those things. But Blackpool Illuminations is now estimated to bring in 200 million to the local economy every year. So, you know, it's become important to them. It's a big part of what powers the city itself. Yeah, it still attracts around 3 million visitors per year. I mean, they're looking at something different now. It's basically a Blackpool tram covered in LEDs. That's what they're looking at now. Um, Which is still cool. Like, for a free event, it is still free. I mean, I was joking at the top that it's ridiculous to call it the greatest light show on Earth, but maybe the greatest free light show in Northern Britain is true. I mean, that's still something to go and see, isn't it? It's nice that you can go for no money. But you look back on YouTube at some of the illuminations from the 80s and the 70s, and that really was obviously its heyday, Mm. which is weird because the technology is inferior 
you know, you're talking about incandescent bulbs, obviously, rather than LEDs, but they're just so cool. Like the fact that clearly hundreds of people spent all year designing a thing that looked like Humpty Dumpty falling off a wall and his head opening <laughs> and then the soldiers turning up and it's all being done by someone lighting a series of things, like not even necessarily computer operated. That's really cool. Yeah. Whereas now, you know, it's, it is some LEDs. Yeah, I think the point about it being free is really significant because money was actually used as a way of socially stratifying the resort because in its Victorian heyday, people of all classes came to Blackpool. Obviously, foreign travel was not accessible to many people at the time. So the, there were ultimately three piers were built in Blackpool, but the first two were built as a way of deliberately segregating the classes. So the North Pier, which opened in 1863, had an admission fee and inside you would find very genteel entertainments like orchestras and ballrooms to enable well-to-do people to avoid working class, what were called trippers, people who were only coming for a quick trip. The less refined class of holidaymaker would be, you know, <laughs> condemned to the central pier with racier attractions like open-air dancing and bands playing popular music of the day. And, and hookups. Let's not gloss over this. Yeah. Kiss me quick Kiss is me the quick. phrase they used, isn't it? But that <laughs> means shagging in B&Bs just a few streets <laughs> behind. Whereas the middle-class holidaymakers had ones that said, kiss me at the appropriate time. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do a tango and I'll think about it. <laughs> there were also all manner of sideshows for holidaymakers to enjoy. In 1934, in an arcade on Central Beach, Syncopating Sandy set a record of 122 and a half hours of non-stop piano playing. Whoa. Wow, that sounded like a tongue twister rather than a fact. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. The attractions also got dark. One early 30s sideshow on the Golden Mile was The Starving Brides. This was an attraction where brides or newlywed couples fasted in glass coffins for as long as 30 days in order to win enough money to purchase a house. I think, to be fair, one thing that Blackpool still does recognise is that good taste is not something that is welcome, you know, (laughs) when you go and see this particular marvel. And they know that. They're self-aware about it now. Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen is the chief designer of the uh, Blackpool Illuminations these days. And I found a quote from him where he said, Restraint, straight-laced, good-taste aesthetics and minimalism are your sworn design enemies. To work, (laughs) Blackpool Illuminations have to be high-kicking, showbiz, jazz hands, and more than a little nudge-nudge-wink-wink. Terms no one ever teaches you at art school. (laughs) So it says at least they sort of know what they're doing, don't they? Yeah, it's funny because with my slightly patriotic hat on, Sydney has a light festival of its own that's called Vivid and it actually is quite but tasteful. there's no donkeys. Yeah. There's no trams. And maybe that's... I bet in 2002 it didn't have the world's largest mirror ball. <laughs> no, it yeah, didn't. Yeah, Arian, there's a and reason it's... why dads aren't saying, what is it, Vivid in here and you put two lights on at the same time? <laughs> well, it, and I think it is the poorer for it. You know, there are amazing things that they do. Like, they, they do this incredible thing annually where they map the uh, sales of the opera house and then they use it as a canvas to project different images and and even moving images onto, and it can be really nice. But I think that actually niceness is contrary to the experience that you're getting when you go even to... Gaudiness. Yeah, and yeah. Blackpool, and the same in Vegas. You know, you, there's yeah. there's a pleasure in just leaning in completely, just going, I, I'm here for lowbrow, flashy fun. <laughs> but you can only get to one of those locations by coach from Preston. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Tomorrow. Someone shouts, Raul! And then 10 other people shout back, Raul, Raul! Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.